I trust him completely today. I've committed the keeping of my soul unto him as unto a faithful creator. This is Jesus. I'm thankful for him. How about you? Give him a hand clap of praise and a shout. Thank you for being in service and responding with the worship. Let's give our music a choir a hand this morning. Appreciate them leading us in worship today. And I appreciate you being here this morning. Thankful for all of our visitors once again. Thank you for being with us. It's glad, we're glad to have and see Brother Philip White made a long drive. And I suppose you'll be leaving out today or tomorrow. Tomorrow afternoon, hit another long drive back. We'll be praying for you. And for long, you'll be back in Georgia. We won't have to worry about praying for your drive. Praying for that to happen, to happen quickly. Glad to have Brother Eric and Sister Tiffany Sisk with us this morning. JJ. JJ. And then we're glad to, to have Brother Ray and Sister Amy and Joseph Smith. Glad they're with us. First time visitors with us today. And we're thankful they're with us and appreciate them coming to the house of the Lord. And the rest of you, I love you dearly. And I'm glad you're in this house today. And if I hadn't got to shake your hand yet, it's not because I don't want to. You find me after service and I'll hug your neck and tell you how much I love you. Try not to make you uncomfortable. <laughs> I do love you. Appreciate you being here. Uh, quickly, I want to get so you're not standing all morning. Matthew chapter 14, verses 25 through 32. What a great God we serve. Hey, Sister Miriam, happy birthday. Appreciate Sister Miriam this morning. Another birthday. Thankful for them. <laughs> Matthew 14, 25. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them, walking on the sea. When the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit. And they cried out for fear. But straightway Jesus spake. You ever notice that the Lord's always quick? comfort you when you're afraid right away as soon as he heard them whatever they were crying out or screaming or shrieking and a bunch of grown men screaming like women and immediately the Lord speaks to them be of good cheer it is I be not afraid there's a lot of things that frighten us in this world and we don't understand but the reason it scares us is we just don't realize that it's Jesus that's involved in it. That's not even the lesson. You get that. For, just hang on to that for another day. Peter answered him, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. And he said, come. When Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind boisterous or strong he was afraid and beginning to sink he cried saying Lord save me and immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand caught him and said unto him O thou of little faith wherefore didst thou doubt and when they were come into the ship the wind ceased and I want to preach for a few minutes this morning on this thought the unsinkable Word 
of God. Let's pray together. Precious Jesus, we love you this morning and thank you. Oh, for the word of God that gives us faith and keeps us strong. I pray today that our heart will be good ground, that we might receive into it, Lord, that we bring forth a hundredfold. We're going to praise you for all of it. We ask it in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. Give the Lord a hand and a shout this morning. God's good. Thankful for the word of God. You can be seated this morning. Thank you for being in the house of the Lord. The unsinkable word of God. 2 Corinthians 5 and 7 says this. It goes real good with this scripture that we just read, the story. For we walk by faith and not by sight. So my goal today is simply this, and that's to help us, every one of us, the man standing here and everyone out there, to trust the Word of God, to have faith in it. We know that the Scripture tells us, by faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the Word of God. In other words, we know that God spoke and it came into existence. That's how it happened, that God's Word is so powerful. And uh, in this world today, I, I want to make sure that I recognize the most awesome force that we have on our side today, that Word of God. I'm telling you, that Word is like a sharp, it's powerful and sharp, like a two-edged sword. It's, it's, uh, it's part of that that whole armor of God that we take with us, uh, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And so uh, we're fighting against spiritual things, and so our weapons are not carnal but mighty through God. And uh, we, we, you know, we fight wickedness in spiritual things in high places, and we need spiritual weapons. You can't punch. You know, we, we talk about all the time, hey, let's give the devil a black eye. Well, I hope I never see him where I could actually hit him in the eye. Uh, but let me tell you, live your life for him and, and uh, you'll, you'll make him sorry. Live your life for the Lord and you'll make him sorry. Now, some people in this world, they, they live by a code. You know, there's uh, all kinds of organizations and they have a code. You know, even in our, our military, there's nothing wrong with that. I'm fine with people having a code. I'm watching my brother. I'm hanging. I'm here for you. I got you six, all these things. Got that. Love it. Glad people's doing that kind of stuff. Live by a code. They live by a creed. They live by rules or a certain discipline, but the Bible says that we live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Now, when he says you live by that word, that's more than just your seven-day-a-week, Monday through Friday, going to school, going to work type of life. Yeah, that kind of living, too. You're supposed to live by the word of God, but I'm talking about when the storm comes against you. When the enemy comes against you, when something tries to destroy you and kill you, we live by the word of God. One man said in the, in the Psalms, he said, I shall not die, but live. Let me tell you, when you've got the word on your side, you don't have to give up. You don't have to back down. You don't have to surrender and you don't have to die because we live by the word of God. I love this story about Peter because he is walking on top of something that could drown him. He is walking on top of something that many, many 
Countless numbers of people have lost their lives drowning. People, many ships have gone down. You know, we talk about the Titanic, how many were lost. They drowned in the ocean. And, and ships in the war that went down and people drowned in the oceans. Or people just out for a good time that drowned in the water. We understand that water can kill you. But Peter's walking on top of something that, was, that could have the ability to kill him. Now, I'm going to, I just seems like the last few weeks, a few of these stories, and I may have to throw some of my old messages away because I'm not sure that they just will sit right with me anymore. But we preach, and we have preached, that Peter sank in the water because he took his eyes off Jesus. You ever heard that preached? Have you ever preached that? Have you ever used that talk about, hey, don't worry about the storm. Keep, just keep your eyes on Jesus. If I keep my eyes on Jesus, I can walk on water. If you listen to audio adrenaline, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> but there's nothing in that story, really, that makes me think Peter ever took his eyes off Jesus. Hang on. We're going to get somewhere. So I have preached it. Maybe it's because I heard it preached and I jumped in there and I said, man, Peter was on that water, the storm was going, he got looked, he got his eye. But I don't know that that's true. We preached that, but let's see what happened. It says he saw the wind, but it never says he took his eyes off Jesus. If the wind's blowing, you don't become invisible to me. If I'm walking toward you and the wind starts blowing, Unless it blows you away, I can still see you. Unless something hits me in the eye and blinds me, I can still see you. It never says that he took his eyes off Jesus or that he didn't see Jesus. Matter of fact, what I read is that Jesus was just an arm's length away. Peter could see everything. He could see the Lord, he could see the wind, and he could see the water. But let me ask us all the question. When did seeing ever become a part of living by faith? When did it ever become the requirement to be able to walk on water? I'm telling you right now, it was not seeing Jesus that gave him the ability. But it was the word and faith in the word that Jesus spoke, come. Just one simple little word from Jesus the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And now this human was now equipped to walk on top of the things that could have drowned him, the things that were meant to destroy him, the things that that they feared. Hey, there was something going on in that moment. It wasn't they saw him first and they were afraid and then they realized it was him. And Peter said, if it's you, bid me to come. And the Lord said, come. Because we walk by faith and not by sight. I told you that my lesson today is to try to get us all to have more faith in the word of God. Jesus warned his people, he said, don't be like these evil uh, generations that seek after a sign. Always got to see something before they can believe it. Let me tell you, you can take his word and stand on it. You can take his word and overcome by it. You can take his word and build on it. Let me tell you, you can take the word of God and be victorious. 
There ain't an enemy around that can defeat you as long as you have the word of God. All of it's from the word. The Bible says above all, taking the shield of faith. You know where faith comes from? Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word. That's why I tell people to be careful who you're listening to. Because any spoken word can instill faith even if it's in the wrong thing. So be careful what you're listening to. Listen, seeing will do more to destroy faith than to help it. Hebrews, I don't even know if I, did I give you, uh, well, Hebrews 11 and 1 says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things unseen, okay? So it's the substance of things hoped for. Now, Romans 8, 24 and 25 says this, put that up for me, sis. For we are saved by hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man seeth, why does he yet hope for? But if we hope for that we see not, then do we, do we with patience wait for it. Peter wasn't walking on water because he could see Jesus. He was walking on water because the word gave him the authority and the ability. And when he took the word by faith and stepped out of the boat, he didn't start sinking. He was walking on water by faith because we walk by faith and not by sight. Jesus could have told him, he said, listen, I'm going to stay here. When you get in the middle of that ocean, step out of the boat and walk on water. And he could have done it because it would have been the word of God. Seeing has never been the requirement for faith. It has never been the requirement for trusting God. But believing him at his word. Because God has always performed what he said he would do. When Joshua got ready to bring him into, in, into the promised land, he said, And you know that not one single thing that God has promised has failed. He has performed everything that he said he would do. Let me tell you, God's word is forever settled in heaven. And if there's one thing you can bank on and one thing you can build on and one thing you can live by, it's the word of God. It'll make the impossible possible because God's word says it would. You and I have not seen Jesus. I hadn't seen him. We say that figuratively. We, oh, boy, I just saw Jesus working in that. But what you saw was the effects. He's like, I've never seen the wind. I think that might have been Billy Graham preached that in one of his messages. He said, have you seen God? Of course, I heard that on a DC Talk album. It wasn't on one of Billy Graham's messages. But he said, you had to see him. He said, I've never seen the wind, but I've seen the effects of the wind. And I've never seen God, but I have seen the effects of God. And hey, I, every time I look in the mirror, I see what the invisible God has done. Every time I look at my life and see where I used to be and look back at where he brought me from, I see what God can do. In Hebrews 12, uh, the scripture says, We run a race looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. But that word looking means to consider attentively, not that we actually see anything. It means consider him. It means, uh, you know, understand who he is. Consider what the word says about him. Think about how he lived his life, but we have not seen him. In 1 Peter 1, 8 and 9, he said, talking about Jesus, 
whom having not seen, you love him. I hadn't seen him, but I love him. What do you love about him? Everything you read about him in his word. Everything you read about him in his word is what's happened in your life. He washed your sins away. He don't leave you. He don't forsake you. He don't leave you comfortless. He heals you. He delivers you. He opens doors. He's always there for you. He answers prayer, right? Come on. Everything we know about God is from his word. And though we haven't seen him, we love him, in whom though now you see him not yet believing. I don't see him, but I have faith in him. And it causes me to rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory because I don't have to see him to know that I'm victorious. I've got his word that tells me what he'll do when I call on his name. I've got the word that says I can lay hands on the sick and see them recover. That in his name I can cast out devils and in his name I'll speak with new tongues. I've got the word that tells me how I'm going to live and how I'm going to walk. That I'm more than a conqueror. That greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. I don't have to see him to know that the word's true. I've proved it. He said, taste and see that the Lord is good. How are you going to do that? That word, you live by that word and see if it doesn't produce what it said it would produce. He said, my word will not return unto me void, but it will accomplish what I said it out to do. It's going to do what it said it's going to do. And he said, in all this, not seeing him, you receive the end of your faith, even the salvation of your soul. In John 20 and 29, he told Thomas, he said, Thomas, Because you have seen me, you have believed. But blessed are they that have not seen, and yet they have believed. And I ask us again, thinking about Peter, when did seeing ever become a part of walking by faith? For we walk by faith and not by sight. Not seeing Jesus does not mean that we don't have faith. Job will tell you that. I looked on the front, I looked on the back side, I looked on the left and on the right, and I couldn't perceive him anywhere. But here's what I know, that when he's done, I'll be like gold. Job said, I know that that one day I'm going to see him because my Redeemer liveth. Job spoke a lot of things about faith concerning his Savior, but he said, I can't see, I don't know what he's doing right now. I can't understand why I'm losing everything. But I can tell you this, The Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And the the latter end of Job was blessed greater because he trusted in God and in his word. He knew what God could do. And neither does seeing him mean we have faith. How many times was Jesus walking on this planet and walking into towns and he could not do many mighty miracles because they would not believe? They could see him heal one person but couldn't believe he could do it to another. They could see him raise the dead but then not believe it because of what they saw with their eyes. This is the carpenter and we know his brothers and we know his sister and we know where he comes from and there's no way he has all this power. I did just watch him call Lazarus out of the tomb. I did just watch him feed a multitude of 5,000. I've seen him do all these things but I can see it but I still can't believe it. Faith is the evidence of things unseen. So so then, how do we see Jesus or look unto Jesus? Think about who he is. He's the image of the invisible God. He's God manifest in the flesh. The only God you'll ever see will be Jesus Christ. 
because God is a spirit and he's invisible. That's Bible. You can't change it. That's it. And so he's the image of the invisible God. John wrote, in the beginning was the word and the word was God. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. That's Jesus. So Jesus Christ is the word. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. How do I see Jesus in his word? How do I trust Jesus through his word? How do I overcome through his word? What do I know about Jesus? Only what I read in his word. You're never going to know anything else about the Lord outside this word. Now, whatever he shows us when we get there, who knows? But here on flat-footed on this earth, you're only going to know what's in this book. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. So we live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth. The Bible says the just shall live by faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. I told you, I'm trying to get you to trust in the word of God. So if I want to see Jesus, if I want to look unto him, then I look at the word. He is the word. Looking unto Jesus. How do I run this race? Looking unto Jesus or looking in his word. You can't run the race outside the guidelines of the word. You won't win your battles outside the guidelines of the word. You won't be victorious outside the guidelines of the word. You won't be saved outside the guidelines of the word. Revelation 19 and 13 just says simply that his name is called the word of God. I'm thankful for the word of God. So now let's go back to Peter and, and get ready to, to get you to receive this now. It was the authority of the word and faith in that word that caused Peter to walk on water. God's word won't return void. If God said, come, if he would have told Peter, he said, you can do a handstand on this water, Peter could have done a handstand. And it would have worked because it was God's word. And if you want to walk on the things that could drown you, remember the word of God and walk in it, trust in it, and believe it, and it'll come to pass. Whatever it is going on right now, stress, anxiety, discouragement, doubt, fear, depression, sickness, addiction, I don't care what it is. Whatever it is that's trying to pull you under, God has got a word that'll get you back on top of it. God has got a word that'll get you through it. God has got a word that'll keep you. Just one little word, not no big, long, okay, take it real slow, slide out like this, walk like this, take these kind of steps, just come. All the miracle he needed was in one word. God's word is so powerful. It's so marvelous. It's forever settled. It, it never lacks anything. It didn't lack any provision for Peter. Just come. Let me tell you, if we would just go when God said go, he'll take care of the rest. You're going to walk through this life in the authority of the word. If you try to walk this life and say you're living for God without the word, man, you have deceived yourself. The Bible says we could be hearers and not doers and deceive ourselves. Peter, he didn't, he, he didn't just look at Jesus and jump out. Peter asked for a word. Peter got a word, and Peter walked. He asked the Lord for a word. If it's you, 
bid me to come. Not if it's you, I'm coming that way. If it's you, you bid me to come. You give the authority. You give the ability for me to come. He did not lose sight of Jesus. He lost faith in the word that Jesus spoke. Because if it was just about seeing him that would keep you on top of the water, Peter would have kept on walking. It never says that he lost sight of Jesus. It simply says he saw what was going on while Jesus was there. The three Hebrew boys, they was in the fiery furnace. And there was fire all around them and Jesus was there too. You think they couldn't see all of it? They could see all of it. And they were okay. Peter didn't lose faith or didn't lose sight of Jesus. He just lost faith in the word that was spoken. He lost faith in what got him started. Peter, if that one word got you started, it'll keep you. He, the Lord's not going to call you into a place to destroy you. He's not going to call you into a place where you can lose. So no matter how bad it looks, keep walking. Keep trusting the word. Keep walking in the word of God because it'll get you there. He said he wanted to go to where Jesus was. That's what I want to do. He's gone. He's somewhere else. Coming back to get me one day. I want to get there. But I'm not going to get there outside the word of God. I've got to trust in it every day and walk in it every day and believe in it every day. When you stop walking by faith in the word of God, you will begin to sink. You notice he didn't drop straight under. He said he began to sink. He was beginning to sink. If your fear of the natural, because it says when Peter saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid. And if our fear of the natural is greater than our faith in the word of God, we will sink. That's why when that doctor says, hey, guess what we saw on the scan? But God is the healer of all my diseases. When you walk in and they hand you a slip and say, sorry, we can't use you no more, you're fired. But my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches in glory. Let me tell you, you can start sinking or you can keep walking because God never intended you to be drowned by the things that come against you. He never intended you to lose out. He never intended for you to have a funeral service. He wants you to walk in victory. Well, come on, somebody. Every single one of us, we fight, we battle, we walk every day. The enemy don't take a day off and God don't either. And his word is forever settled. And I can use it today and I can use it tomorrow. You can't wear it out. That's one sword that don't ever need sharpening. Honey, it's always sharp. It's always ready. It'll always keep you going. The word of God will give you the authority and the ability to walk on. We walk by faith. Faith comes by hearing the word, not by sight. That's what the scripture says. It's not seeing the preacher that gives you faith. It's hearing what he said. You can't look at me and say, whoo, I can go do everything now because I just seen the preacher up there in the pulpit. That don't do, do you a lick of good. If he ain't preaching the word, ain't no faith jumping across his pulpit. 
Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word, and how should they hear without a preacher? Wasn't a greater preacher ever than Jesus of Nazareth. And he's, he preached a one-word sermon, come. Woo, and he started walking on water. There was things probably in that water might could have gobbled him up and ate him up and chewed him up. He walked on top of it. Wasn't worried about any of it. He didn't get blown away by the wind that was blowing so bad. Nothing happened. He was just walking on it because of the word. Let me tell you, there's a word in this book for you. I don't have to know your situation, and I don't know how to know what kind of storm you're going through, but I know that Jesus told each one of us to take up a cross and follow him. And if you want to stay on top of it, if you want to stay on top of it, you trust in the unsinkable word of God. As long as Peter can have faith in the word, the unsink- it wasn't the word that was sinking, it was Peter that was sinking. And as long as he could have faith in the word, he was going to walk on water. The word was always meant to keep us on top. Always. God, God intended it always for his people to be on top. You go all the way back to Deuteronomy 28 and 13. Look what the Lord said right here. And the Lord shall make thee the head and not the tail, and thou shalt be above only. Now, if you're above only, that means only you. Only his people, that means everything else is under us. Anything that can hurt us, destroy us, fight against us, all those things, it's under us. And thou shalt not be beneath, if that thou hearken unto the commandments of the Lord thy God, which I command thee this day to observe and do them. Keep that scripture up there for a second. Israel was not going to be above because they had seen God. They were not going to be above because they had seen him part the Red Sea, because they saw the miracles in Egypt, because they saw the cloud by day and the fire by night. He never mentioned a thing about because you saw me. He said, you're going to be above only and not beneath if you hearken unto the commandment or the word of God that I command you this day to observe and do them. God was telling me, I've got word that will keep you above everything else. He starts the chapter off 28 and 1 saying this, And it shall come to pass if you shall hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God to observe and do all his commandments that I command you this day. The Lord God will set thee on high above all nations of the earth. And every nation on the earth wanted to fight Israel, wanted to deceive Israel, wanted to destroy Israel. But God said, if you can stay in my word, you'll be above all of that. You know how you get through this wicked world today? When Peter was preaching on the day of Pentecost, with many other words did he testify and exhort, saying, save yourself from this untoward generation. You know how you save yourself from this wicked, crooked world? You stay in the word of God. You don't want to get sucked down in the middle of all that nonsense and mess and things that can kill you. Keep your head in the word of God. Keep your heart in the word of God. I tell you, because the word of God's unsinkable. It can't, it can't be brought down. It can't be destroyed. It won't return void. And so, he, again, seeing is not a requirement to be above. It's the Word of God. Whenever we are sinking, when we start feeling that sinking feeling, what do we do? When we have friends that we see them sinking, what do we do? We start quoting the Word of God. Oh, man, I feel like nobody loves me. Uh, The Lord loves you with everlasting love. 
I feel like I'm all by myself. The Lord said he'll never leave you or forsake you. Man, I just ain't felt good. I'm, I'm sick. The Lord is the healer of all your diseases. The prayer of faith shall save the sick. I don't know. I've, I've been pretty bad, and I don't know if God can forgive me. The blood of Jesus washes us from all sin. Man, every time somebody comes up with something, we're quoting Scripture. Not, not, not giving them a meme. Not quoting Gandhi. I'm talking about quoting the Word. Come on. Listen. I know there's a lot of cute sayings and, and nifty little sayings and things like that that people post. That, okay, if it makes you smile a little bit, good. But you can't build on somebody's quote and on somebody's meme. But you can build on the Word of God. You will always stand. You'll always be walking on top of what could kill you if you will hang on to the Word of God. He's the healer. He won't forsake you. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. You're more than conquerors through him that loves you. He, uh, he, he loves you. He won't forsake you. He'll forgive you. He'll fix you. You have no advice or help outside the word. If you're giving advice outside the word of God, I don't know how, how, how good it can be because the word works for every situation, every part of life. Peter had a word that helped him defy the elements to walk on top of what could drown him. That word changed something that made it able for Peter to walk on top of water. I don't believe he was ankle deep. I believe he was on top of it. I don't even know if he can, you know, like the Lord works, I don't even know if his feet got wet. He might have just, just been dry water. I don't know how he did it. I don't know what he did, how he made that happen, but he walked on top of the water. And if he had just kept the faith of that one word, just held on to that one word, let me tell you, the word of God is strong enough to keep you in any situation if you'll trust it. But when you let go of it, where's your hope then? Where's your help then? I'm not more than a conqueror because I've seen Jesus. I haven't seen him, but I have seen the effects of him and the evidence of him in my life. In faith is the evidence of things unseen. Guess what? I have never or never did, and you haven't either. We never saw a single one of those who make up the great cloud of witnesses. Samson, Jephthah, David, Joshua, all these people that they list in, in Hebrews 11. You didn't see David kill that giant. But you believe you can destroy things that are bigger than you through the name of the Lord because you read about it. Because somebody preached about it and you heard it and you got faith in the word of God. That's what gave you courage to stand against your enemy. You didn't see David pick that rock up and sling it, but you read about it, you heard about it, it was preached to you and it gave you faith. And you said, how do you, how do you know you can beat this situation? Because if David could whoop Goliath, and for you, you're already quoting, I got faith in the word of God. You didn't see Joshua marching around Jericho and watch the walls fall flat, but you believe you can pull things down. If I'm obedient to God's word and I stay faithful to God's word, my, my situation's going to come down. It's going, it's, why? Because it's the word, and it keeps you on top. Everybody who makes it, everybody keeps going. It's because of the word. I know these victories, and it gives me faith. When Jesus was finished here, it says he was received up out of their sight. Not just their sight, but anybody else's sight. 
But, he's, but you know what they did have? His word. Go and tarry in Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. Hey, what you going to do? I'm going to Jerusalem. Ain't that what Jesus said to do? Yeah, but I can't see him. I ain't got to see him. He said, this is what he said to do. And so about 120 decided they'd go to Jerusalem and get up in that upper room. And at, when the day of Pentecost was fully come, there was a rushing mighty wind that filled the house and all of them were filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues. They were filled with power. You know why that happened? Not because they saw Jesus anymore, but because they trusted in his word. So now we've got the Holy Ghost living inside of us. The Holy Ghost gives us word power because it's the Spirit of Christ who was the Word made flesh and dwelt among us, who is the Word of God. That's His name. It says it will lead us in all truth. Jesus said, Thy Word is truth. It will never leave, lead you. That means it will never lead you outside of truth or outside God's Word. It will nev never lead you to a place where you can't have victory. God's Word will never lead you into a place where you cannot have victory. When Jesus defeated Satan in the wilderness, all those temptations each time he said, it is written, and he quoted scripture. Hey, Jesus, how did you stay right with God? How did you beat the enemy? How did you cause him to get away from you? The word. I trusted in the word. I quoted the word. I stayed true to the word. Hey, just bow down and worship me. I can't do that. It's written. I can't serve any other gods. I can't worship any other gods. And, you know, uh, we'll fall off this pinnacle and, and he'll give angels to keep you safe and not dash your foot against a stone. Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. He just on and on and on and on just quoting the scripture. And it gave him the power. And it says, and then Jesus returns in the power. Jesus gave us power over all the power of the enemy. You know what the enemy can't defeat? It can't defeat the word. It can twist it, change it, misuse it, not follow it, but it can't change it. The enemy cannot change the word of God. He can try to get you not to believe it, but he can't change it. And if he can't change it, he can't beat it. He can't beat the word that says, he can't throw a sickness on us that trumps the scripture. God is the healer of all your diseases. Yeah. Remember, it's not what you see, it's what you have faith in that is most powerful. Amen. It's not what you see, because you hadn't seen him, I hadn't either, but it's what you have faith in that is most powerful. Don't yeah. seek a sign, yeah. have faith. Honey, you can come to the music. Finally this, Philippians 2, and verses 9 and 10. Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of things in heaven, things in earth, and things under the earth. It is a name that is above every name. It's the name of the Word made flesh. It is the name of God Almighty, our King, our Lord, our Savior, our Deliverer, our Healer. Now, I want you to know something about Peter's little incident on the water says when he saw the winds boisterous that he was afraid and it says that he cried out 
And it says, And the Lord immediately reached out and caught him, stretched out his hand, caught him with his hand. The Word reached out and caught Peter. Because see, some of you are like, Oh, man, I'm, I know I'm failing because I feel like I'm knee deep right now. I feel like I'm to my waist. What was happening was actually Scripture in action. When Peter, I'm going to have to turn back to it to show you. In Matthew 14, I want to just read it so we can see it. I want you to see how what was going on was nothing but past Scripture being fulfilled in this instant, in this situation, which happens to us every day. So, when Peter sees the wind boisterous, he was afraid and beginning to sing. This is 14 and 30, if you want to put it up. He cried, saying, Lord, save me. I don't know if I even gave you these scriptures, sis, but Psalm 3 and 4, Psalm 18 and 6, and Psalms 34 and 6. I cried unto the Lord with my voice, and he heard me out of his holy hill through 18 and 6. In my distress, I called upon the Lord and cried unto my God. He heard my voice out of his temple. My cry came before him even into his ears, 34 and 6. This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his trouble. I don't know about you, but what I believe is that Peter knew a little bit about David. And Peter had heard these psalms and different things all his life. And he remembered, and he knew that this was the Lord. And when he started sinking, it was something come up inside of him that said, Lord, save me. Because David said, and the psalmist said that, in my distress, I cried unto the Lord. This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him and saved him and, and grabbed a hold of him and and Peter was now using his faith in a different way. He was calling out. He lost faith in that one word, come. But when he started sinking, he started having faith in another word. In my distress, I cried out, and the Lord heard me. Now, that means that we cry out that the word's going to respond, right? He was the word made flesh. And it says, and immediately Jesus, the word, stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him. You ever notice how the word will just hit you real good when you start lacking a little faith? Oh, I should have had more faith. This is what the word said. Oh, thou of little faith, wherefore did you doubt? It wasn't that he doubted seeing the Lord, he doubted that word. And he started to sink, but now... That was also Jesus responding, stretching forth his hand. Psalm 37 and 24, if you'll pull that up for me, sis. Psalms 37 and 24, talking about the steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down, for the Lord upholdeth him with his hand. What you see right there in that little exchange is simply Scripture being fulfilled. It's not prophetic scripture about that instant. It's the word of God that we live by every day. Peter realized I can call on the Lord and he's faithful. 
And the Lord reached down his hand just like he said he would. If a good man fall, he shall not be utterly cast down for the Lord upholds him with his hand. Go back to verse 23. The steps of good men are ordered of the Lord. Who ordered Peter's steps that day? The Lord did come. Peter was walking in the words that God had ordered. And when he began to sink, he remembered more. That's why you got to have more than one scripture. <laughs> you can't live off one scripture. That's why you need to delight yourself in the law of the Lord and, and meditate in it day and night so that when you start feeling yourself getting about ankle deep, when you lost faith in that word that said, hey, come on, the door's open, and you start finding yourself knee deep, you can say, hey, wait a second, Lord. I'm sinking on this journey. And the good thing is about it is that they both made it back to the ship. He didn't have him around the neck swimming, pulling him back to the boat. I think he caught him, stood him up, and Peter walked the rest of the way back to the boat. I don't believe he drug him through the water. I don't believe he had doing that lifeguard swim. I got you. Well, Jesus said, I'm not going under. I'm going to get my clothes wet. Come on. Come on, Peter, let's walk. Though we fall, it shall not be utterly cast down. They both came back to the ship, walking on the water. You just got to have faith in the Word of God. If the Word of God is unsinkable, it'll keep you unsinkable. If the Word of God can't be defeated, you can't be defeated. If it's in your heart, it'll keep you, keep you safe. Let's stand together. And I know that we're going to have a moment in this altar because I know that frustration has caused some of you to get about knee-deep in the water along the path that God has ordered. God has called you in the ministries. He's called you into different areas. And it seems like nothing is working out. And you're frustrated and you're discouraged and you're wondering why and you're about ankle-deep or knee-deep in water right now. But if God called you, then he meant for you to come all the way. You got to get back to that wor first word. You, what did he tell the church in the book of Revelation? You lost your first love. Repent, go back, do the first words. Get back to what was working and get on this trail. So I don't know what your situation is today. Money, relationships, home, school, ministry. You're tired. You're worried, you're frustrated, even a little scared. But even sometimes the things that scare you, remember, it's just the Lord. The Bible says that God has his way in the whirlwind and in the storm. We keep telling people that the enemy, oh, he's really having a time with me. He's got me in this storm. He don't get to have his way. God has his way in the whirlwind and in the storm. Whatever you're going through, God's working it out. Hebrew boys in a fiery furnace. Jesus is just working on promotion. When they come out, the king promoted them. Daniel in a den of lions. God's just working on promotion. When he comes out, he promoted him. Sometimes you got to go through some things to get to the next level, to get to where God wants you to go. But if you give up on the word, you got no hope. Would you come find a place in this altar and pray this morning? Get back to that life-saving, unsinkable word of God. Get back to that word where God called you. When he shook you, woke you up, let you know 
that you got more to do. Come on, somebody. God's got you this morning. You're not going down. The word's still true. Come on, the word's still true. Hallelujah.
right quickly before we dismiss. Why don't you find somebody, a prayer partner right quick, somebody besides you. It can be your husband, your wife, your friend, a brother, a sister, whatever. Just find you somebody. I want you to remind them that God's got the, got his hand on them. I want you to remind them of a word. Speak a word of faith to them that'll get them back on top of the water. You don't have to know specifically what they're going through. But speak a word of faith for your brother, your sister, your family, somebody right now. Just minister to them for a moment. Remind somebody of a scripture. Let the Holy Ghost give you a word right now for somebody. Let the Holy Ghost give you a word of faith for somebody right now. That's it. Speak it to them. Now speak it out. Come on, somebody. Speak it to them. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise in this house. Hallelujah. You just add that to one more thing on the list that God makes us unsinkable. We can't be defeated. We're more than conquerors, and, and we are unsinkable as we walk through this life. Trust the Lord. Serve him with gladness. Serve him with all your heart. Whatever you do, don't let go of that word. It'll, it'll keep you. It'll always keep you. Praise God. I love you this morning. Thank you for being in the house of the Lord. Let's give all of our visitors another hand one more time. We're glad you were with us this morning. Thank you for being here. Boy, it's, it's, it makes you feel, well, I don't really feel old, but, man, it's something that when you see enough time pass by that people who are in your wedding are here with their family and their children and stuff. It's just, wow. Yeah, Miss Tiffany was in our wedding. She was, she was the flower girl in our wedding. And 26 years ago, 25 years ago, wow. Don't take long, blink of an eye. But we sure are glad you were here with us today. Don't forget, no Monday night service tomorrow night. We will be around here. You can check our church page on Facebook or Instagram for a schedule of when people will be here working. So if you can come by, we'd love to have you and help out. Uh, so Thursday night at 7 will be the first night of VBS. 
um, Sister Chris Peacock, she'll she'll put an announcement out of she, how many more people we need, volunteers, things like that. I know we'll probably need some guys here to kind of watch the parking lot, things like that, security stuff. So all kind of things going on, a lot of areas to pitch in to help. Want everybody to be a part of it. We love you. God bless you. Have a wonderful day in Jesus' name.